With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Andrew McCart, IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast, and it's a long time no speak, long time no see, Mr. Jamie Moore. Jamie, how's life, mate? Good, mate, Andrew. How are you, pal? Good, mate. Like I said to you there, before I pushed record, I'm just out the gym myself. I'm doing little bits and pieces in the in the gym, and it's fun, but um, you spoke a little bit before I pushed record there, your, your amateur gym, and uh, I was there for the opening, and now you were just explaining that you've got close to 70 kids or whatever coming in at night, so, man, that must keep you busy. No, oh, mate. Listen, every 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 night is open. Um, we have three separate classes, like a beginners class, a, an intermediate one, and then like a carded boxers class. And we have this, between seventy and eighty kids through the door every time it's open. So, uh, so it needed this area needed it, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, every time I go in there, I just sit and you know watching all the kids training, speaking to him, um, speaking to the parents at the show last time, just talking about how much it's changed their lives and stuff like that. So. No, and that was that was say f- f- five five of the kids' parents out of the fourteen bouts we had on the show when I was speaking to them came up to me saying something along them lines. So, uh, so if, if it was just one of them, it, it'd be worth doing. And uh, and that was five of just the kids what was boxing. So, uh, so God, if that's if that's what's happening after nearly two years, then mm. then you know give us give us fifteen twenty years, and you know it'll change their lives for the better. Future world champions in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what, Andy? Probably, but the the main thing is, especially in areas like this, creating better people. Mm. It's giving them better mindsets, better work ethic, discipline, uh, manners. Uh, it's just it, it creates better people in general, and and that's what I mean about give it fifteen twenty years because the kids what are in this gym now, who, who come out of the other side of it, better people, then then have kids themselves. And um, and and create better people again, and it's a conveyor belt. And for too for too long since I was a kid, the conveyor belt's been going the wrong way. So we uh, mm. so we'll just try to do our little bit to change it, mate. That's all. That's the thing. I'll ask one more question on that, then, Jamie. Like, obviously, taking the kids off the street, 70, 80 quick kids there, and you're saying in fifteen, twenty years' time, creating great better people. What you've done in boxing in terms of 
amateurs wins and then obviously what titles you won as a professional now you're a professional coach and you, you've fought, had big world title fights with a lot of your fighters Carl Frampton and, and all that and Jack as well so what, how much does this mean to you what how, can you compare it to him does this mean more to you bringing these kids off the streets and get, giving them a better life and help or helping them get give them a better life when you look at boxing in terms of my own career and and, and this the stuff we're doing to, to, to help the fighters achieve what they want to do that's like um that's like achievement stuff in it that, that's like goals what you set out to do the, the amateur gyms is, is like life-changing stuff it, you, you're not talking about I, I I don't even view it as a sport in that sense mm. it's like um it's like a like not not obviously social services, but it's like a unofficial type of social services where you've got kids coming to you basically begging for help without actually saying those words. They're um they're they're coming to you going, you know, I I'm lost. I, don't, I haven't got really got any direction in my life. I haven't got a dad telling me what's right and what's wrong. Um, even though they don't actually say it, they want structure in life. Everybody does, and. Uh, and the vast majority of them who come haven't got it. And mm. and and the coaches in the place and all, all of us involved in the gym, we're all trying to give that to the kids because I I know I, I'm um, witness firsthand of, of how it impacted my life and made me um, a better person. It made me it made me a good person. I'm not saying I wouldn't have been a good person, but I know the lessons what I've took on board along along the years and um, and and the sort of the, the ethics behind it, it mm. makes you a better person fundamentally. And uh, I just wanted to pass it on. I just wanted to be, you know, what's the point in keeping all the valuable life lessons like that to yourself without mm. passing it on to other people and, and not hoping that they pass it on to, you know, we're passing it on to hopefully 50, 60, 70 kids. Mm. And then if each one of them goes on to do that, maybe in their life, then in, in 15, 20 years, in this area, you've got hopefully a little bit of a better society. And um, and I've been saying ever since I've done this with the amateur club, I've said, if every single person who was in a position did it, God, this country and the world would be a better place, wouldn't it? And and, and it doesn't happen. You know, in an ideal world, everyone would do that. Exactly. But it doesn't happen. But but all we can do is, is, is keep our own doorstep clean. That's the old Salford saying. That's that. Well, that's uh, we hear that up here as well, believe it or not, Jamie. But listen, my hats yeah. off to you and well done to you, mate. And uh, like I say, I'm 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 proof of that as well that boxing can help you down the path as well. And I've got I've got young kids that come to the gym with me now. It's not an amateur gym, obviously, but they come in and do a little training session, a little pad work and stuff like that, and they enjoy it. So, yeah. man, hats off to you and well done to you, man. And uh, long may it continue, you. Jamie. Well done, mate. But let's talk um, about the professional game then. Let's talk about the other gym that you 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 come out of. Uh, obviously, you've got <clears throat> it looks like a busy year coming up with Chantel and uh, Jack, who knows what's going to happen with the Josh Taylor fight, whether we're going to get that this year, but um, we've got Akib coming back as well. We see a good, a good outing last time out. So yeah, just uh, what kind of, what are you expecting from your fighters uh, for the tail end of this year? Yeah, it's been, it's been a busy year for us so far. Um, obviously started off with, with the controversy in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that sort of set the, set the tone really the week after, uh, we had Mark Leach win the British title, but um, even one of the cards in in that fight was a uh, was a mile out. So 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 it's yeah, it sort of set the tone for the year. And uh, Mark's lost his British title um, first defense in, in in a difficult first defense. It was a voluntary as well; didn't have to take it as well. 
Um, he, he was he, he really didn't perform to to the best of his ability that night. But you know you can't take anything away from 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 his opponent. It was a it was a fair enough decision. I thought it was. He, he probably just did the scorecards in that fight was around about right. Well, well, two of them was anyway. Um, and then it looks like we're going to be busy towards the end of the year now. So I've got Lerone Harrison's fighting on Saturday. Um, and then the next definite one is Chantel, Chantel. in Abu Dhabi. Yep. Yep. Uh, but it looks like maybe Rocky Fielding and Stephen Ward might be out in October as well. So um, so then and then hopefully, fingers crossed, Jack and Josh can uh, can get a date by the end of the year in, in hopefully end of November, December. And um, and we can, uh, can try and put that one to bed as well. The thing is, obviously, I've got a, the Jack, Josh Taylor Jack Carter one intrigues me a lot, obviously for obvious reasons and stuff. But for you, how how confident are you we can get this fight over the line? I know that Josh wants it because he's vacated all his belts um, to give Jack. So he doesn't have to fulfil these mandatories. And obviously, I've spoke with Jack, and obviously, Jack wants it. There's no there's no two ways about that. Jack really wants it. Yeah, so, yeah. how confident is you? And what have you heard? And can we see it by this year? Yeah, mo- mo- most of the time. Money or one or the other fighter isn't as willing to take the fight as the other mm. one, um, and I, I honestly can't say that this is the case in this one. It's just a matter of of timing wise, getting the dates right. You know, there's talk of with AJ and Fury and and when that's going to be, if and when that takes place. So all those little aspects uh, come into play. Um, so you know, for the fighter's sakes, I hope it happens before the end of the year because I, I don't want it to drag on and drag on. Um, and like you say, I know. Josh has obviously shown William that he wants this fight to take place because he's he's given up his world titles and he wouldn't have done that if he didn't have to. So um, so yeah, I think everyone's on the same page. It's just a matter of um, dates, making sure everyone's happy with the date and and you know um, logistics where it's going to be, you know where it's going to take place. Um, I don't think there'll be any sort of problems from our side. You know, we, we was quite happy to go to Scotland last time. Um, you know, I, in an ideal world, do you want it on a neutral ground because of what happened last time? Maybe, but but you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that because of what happened last time, then uh, judges will be sort of switched on under more scrutiny. And um, and regardless of whether it's in Scotland or Manchester or London or wherever, I, I'm I'm pretty confident that the the outcome will be a fair one this time. In terms of like the belts being vacated and it's not for the undisputed and and, and all the rest of it, but it seems like this re- rematch for both fighters is is more than just the belts now. It's more than money. It seems like there's pride and bragging rights and all that sort of stuff that that's outweighs the belts and that outweighs the money. Is that fair to say? I'd say so. You know, it's, it's obviously because of what happened and um, fighters' comments afterwards in between each other. Uh, it's created a bit of needle. Uh, there was, there wasn't that much needle really. I didn't think in the build-up last time, up until sort of fight week, and there's mm. a little bit of a pushing and shoving at the weigh-in and stuff. Um, but basically, the the result last time has created that controversy. Um, it's then, you know, after that, it's cr- it's created a bit of to and fro between the fighters and stuff like that. My 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 job's just to to get my guy ready for the fight like we did last time. Um, Jack, Jack had a box for 16 months last time. Mm. You know, it, it, for, for a fighter who who plays off his his ring craft and his ring generalship and his timing, um, that's not an ideal situation by any stretch of the imagination. So, uh, 
So, and, and I know Josh hadn't been as active as, as he probably had been over the, the a few years before that, but he was still more active than Jack. So, um, so I think that plays into our favour. But still, after that, you know, Jack had a two or three days where he was where he was sulking a little bit, and and then by the Thursday he was back in my gym, back training because that's what he does. It's his job, and he loves the sport. And um, you know, I'm 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 confident Jack will do a better job this time than 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 last time. I understand Josh feels like he didn't he underperformed or he didn't perform as well as he as he could have done. I actually disagree. I think he actually did quite well compared to compared to what I was sort of expecting because um, Jack's so hard to, to pin down, to nail down, to break to break the cold with him. And um, you know, I think I think people would be surprised next time. I don't think I, I don't see it being massively different. I think Josh will try and change things up a little bit. But um but Jack does what Jack does and he seems to work everybody out within within a few seconds and and, and, and breaks them down. So it's uh it's, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it, you know. Who doesn't want to be involved in big fights like that? Definitely. And uh, obviously I couldn't make that fight week because my, my daughter was born on that Wednesday of fight week, so um I I yeah. couldn't make it. So hopefully this rematch I can finally get into the nitty-gritty of the, a fight week between these two fighters, it'll, it'll definitely be an eye-opener for me. Uh, but you mentioned... I'm sure, you, I'm, I'm sure you'll be staring the pot fight week. Nah, the... This, that, you know that's not me. I'm not, I'm not good for that. You know, I don't do that, Jamie. Uh, I'll try my best anyway. I'm all about the views. Yeah, like, no, no, no. But um, yeah, you mentioned uh, a little bit there about uh, Fury Joshua, about when that lands in that fight day now. From all the comments and the Instagram posts and tweets and that we're hearing from the two five eight management of of Joshua and obviously Frank Warren, we're hearing that that fight seems like it's going to happen. Uh, Joshua's accepted all the terms from Fury, the sixty forty split in the first fight, fifty fifty split in the rematch, uh, the third of December, the Principality Stadium, all this sort of stuff. All the thing is obviously the TV network and where it's going to be BT Sports the Zone. So it looks like it's going to happen, Jamie. And as a guy that's been in the sport long. You've done, been there, done it, wore the T-shirt, maybe got a few T-shirts. Just your thoughts on this fight itself and what, how big it is for British boxing and world boxing. Yeah, mate, listen, it's it's still a huge fight, you know, and, and everybody understands how how good Usyk is and how difficult it is to break down. So so I think AJ come out of the rematch with a, with a bit more credibility than he did after the first fight. Um, I also think he's got more improvement in him as well. Uh, you know, he, he made an improvement on the last uh, performance, but I like the fact that he was frustrated. I know there's a bit of controversy after the first, uh, after the second fight and his outburst, which, you know, could, could be seen as a little bit disrespectful towards Usyk because he was the winner. But I like that passion in a fighter who, who's devastated that he's lost because how, how easy would it have been for him to go, well, you know what, I've lost to Usyk and nobody really gave me a chance this time. Um, I did my best. I did better than last time, but you know, fair play to him. He's um, he's beat me fair and square. People would have then been complaining, going, "I see, he's rolled over too easy. He's, he's accepted defeat too easy." Mm-hmm. So he can't win. And and you know, styles make fights. Everyone knows that in boxing. And AJ versus Fiore is no no given conclusion without a shadow of a doubt. Do I think Fiore will win? I, you know, I'd have to say he's the favourite, but but I don't think it's out of Joshua's um, grasp to, to to win that fight. And 
especially taking on board the lessons what he's got over the last two fights. Um, albeit the dimensions are different. Um, you know, the 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 matrix where you've got to break down is pretty similar mm-hmm. in, in in terms of breaking Fiore down and breaking um, Usyk down. So, so you know, is it a big ask? Of course it is, but by the sound of it, that's what he wants. He wants these big challenges. And and like I said earlier on, when two fighters say, come out and say they, they want to make it happen and they both agree terms, then the only thing you've got, the only bridge you've got across then is the TV companies and stuff like that. And, you know, it's difficult, but it's been done before. You know, look at Tyson Lewis. Mm-hmm. They they shared pay-per-view. I think it was Showtime and HBO. So, um, so, They've laid out a blueprint, really, where you can go, okay, if, if a fight of this magnitude needs to take place and there is those obstacles to overcome, has it been done before? Yeah, there's a, there's how you do it. Did it work for them? Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. All right, this might not, the little details might not work. So iron them out and then and then you've got yourself a deal. So, um, mate, I really hope it happens before the end of the year. That, that, that's a huge, huge fight. Yeah, I agree. But, Jamie, as, as a coach, and I've, I've read some, had a few coaches, managers, promoters and all that saying that Joshua shouldn't take this fight too quickly. He should really gel with his coaches and Robert Garcia and Angel Fernandez. Maybe gel with them a little bit more, get to know them a little bit better, then step into a big fight. So, as, as a coach yourself, if you had Joshua, how would you how would you manoeuvre that situation? Obviously, Joshua, we know he doesn't back down from anyone. He, he, he took rematch after rematch when he's lost against Ruiz and Usyk. He's, yeah. he's fought everyone that's been given to him. So, how would you manoeuvre this situation with Joshua? Well, I think you know when when a, a, AJ he's be, he had his most success in the ninth round against Usyk, and that was when he saw got to the point where he went, you know what, fuck it, I've just got to go for this now, and and that's what he's got to do. That's the mindset he's got to have. You know, you can't overthink things sometimes. Fighters working hundreds of a second, and and you know, little feints, movements, body language, anticipation. Before, if you overthink a move or, or, or you know try to set a trap for someone, before you know it, someone like Usyk or Fiori are gone mm-hmm. because they know what you try to do. You know they've been around the bush so many times. So I think AJ loves the sport that much. He's he overanalyzes himself to you know to the point of where it's detriment to his performances. Now I think. The Ruiz fight, in some ways, was a good thing because it made him analyse himself and it made him sort of go back to the drawing board a little bit, make improvements. Because before that, it you know the old saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. He was blasting everyone away. It was working. He didn't really have to address anything. Afterwards, he did, but I think maybe he went too far away from what you know what made him a good fighter in the first place. And um, one one of the sayings I always use for my fighters is. If you're in with a, a such a good technical fighter like a Fury or, or, or a Nusik, don't try and match them for, for skill or technicality. You know, simplify it. That's what I always say. So you've got to try and drag them down to, to your sort of level and, and drag them into a fight because you've got to take them out of the comfort zone. And yeah, of course, that's easier said than done. But, but you map out a little game plan where you go, try and walk him into some little traps put the pressure on, fight our gear higher than what they're used to fighting at, make them feel uncomfortable, use your physical attributes. Turn it into a six-round fight, maybe? 
turn it into a six round fight rather than a twelve round fight. Just well, I, I, I said that. I said it, and I was half joking. I said it in, in an interview before the, um, the rematch. But I said I'd go Rocky freestyle. <laughs> I'd, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be saying like, listen, you've got six or eight rounds in you, and and in all honesty, you know, looking at it from a fighter's point of view, if I'm a fighter, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. If I go past the eighth round, I ain't going to win this fight on points. But it, I'm, I've either done enough damage to get to the point where I'm get, you know, I've, I've had a good impact on him, and I've got a chance of stopping him between six and eight rounds. But if he's got through that storm, and he, and you know, he's probably going to weather it and get get to the point where he's going to beat me on points. You're going to have to take risks in terms of getting to that point, and that means you're probably going to you're at more risk of getting stopped yourself. But I'd rather take risks trying to win a fight rather than Mm -hmm. not take the risks and know that I'm probably going to lose because of it. Yeah. So you think we can see a 19 stone, 19 and a half stone Joshua against uh, Tyson Fury? Tyson's going to come in big. I don't think that heavy because I think that's detriment to his, to his, you know, athletic ability. But I definitely think, you know, 18 stone, being big, rough him up, get him on the inside, throw him about, you know, get a few warnings off the ref. That's the way to try and throw off, throw him off his game plan. You just don't want him to feel comfortable. You don't want any fighter who, who fights in that style to feel comfortable because if you do, you're always going to be one step behind him. Well, I think that's Nigel Ben behind you, is it? Just a segue somewhere it else. Is, yeah. Nigel Ben and Chris Eubank there? Both of them together, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Well, this is a perfect segue into my next question then. I'm sure yeah. you're old enough to remember, maybe not the, the first fight between their fathers, but I'm sure you might be old enough to remember the second fight. Um, between... Mate, I, I, I watched the first fight with my dad in the armchair and and I went to the second fight. I was 14 there. years old. There you and go. I went, I, I went to the rematch at Old Trafford, me and my mate Clint. So uh, good memories. That's what made me fall in love with boxing. So listen, what perfect way... Right? Their sons are fighting now, okay? You've seen Conor Ben, you've seen Chris Eubank come up for the professional rank, you've seen what they, they've done so far. Um, for me, I, can, I can't remember the first fight as, as a kid, but I can remember watching the second fight with my dad on ITV back in 93, I think it was. I think I was 10, 11 years old. Yeah, yeah. So I can remember watching that fight and being like, again, that's one of them fights, but Prince Nazim got me into boxing, to believe it or not. But yeah, that was yeah, the yeah. fights when I'm watching, I'm like, wow, man, this is definitely a sport I love, and I'm, I love it because just the way they two interact with each other. For me, not seeing their, their sons going at it and just having that Eubank, Ben, Ben Eubank name, I, I'm like, I'm buzzing. I'm excited for it. I, did you, you do the same? Yeah, that nostalgia. It's, yeah. Um, you know, any any of those nostalgic feelings, I love. I, lo- I, I love that. And uh, Nigel Ben was my hero. I've, I've said it so many times in different interviews. Um, I wasn't a Eubank fan. I've met him actually a couple of times afterwards, and uh, he's very eccentric, and he's in, a nice, nice bloke in person. Um, but you know, he's just—he's intriguing because mm-hmm. it came out of nowhere. No one, no, no, no one expected it to happen. Um, even when the rumors started going around, everyone was like, "Now nah, that—that'll never happen." There's too much, you know, size discrepancy in between. There's too much weight in between. But they've come to a deal, and and and. Uh, and they've done it, you know. There's been this rumor the last 24 hours that Chris Eubank has pulled his son out of the fight, which you know I'm not sure whether that's true or not. Um, I understand if he is having those type of worries because of what has happened in the past, and and obviously 
himself. He experienced it himself in the ring as well with Michael Watson. So, um, so there is those worries. There's always those worries. And um, the only thing is, I know Chris Eubank Jr. looks like he's a very, very disciplined, dedicated athlete. And I don't believe he would have took this fight if he did feel he was going to be detriment to his performance. Even though he said, I'll only be 60% and, you know, that's all I need to be Conor I don't think he truly believes that. I think it's a lot of it's mind games. Mm. Um, and, I, and, and I believe that he feels like he'll he'll be healthy. Um, otherwise, he wouldn't have took the fight in the first place. It, you know, there was other, not not maybe financially, there's big fights for this for him available out there. But he's certainly on the verge of being involved in some big fights. So he didn't have to take this fight for financial reasons. And, um, and but, but I don't think Conor Ben's out of the equation. And, you know, obviously he's never boxed anywhere near this weight. Mm-hmm. But but some of the, some of the performances he's had lately, and I know it's not been sort of full, you know, at the top end of world level. But he's beat some ex world champions and some some top level fighters, albeit a little bit past the best. And he's done it in very very explosive fashion. Mm-hmm. So um, so, and and I think his boxing IQ has really improved over the last couple of years as well. So, uh, so intrigue, it's, it's got intrigue all over it. And regardless of what happens in the fight, there'll be millions of people sat on the couch staring at it. Most of them our age, you've yeah. got that little bit of feeling of Ben Eubank rivalry from years ago going, I wonder what's going to happen here. Exactly. That's the thing, wondering what's going to happen here because there is a lot of variables in this fight in terms of inexperience for Connor, uh, Coming up in weight, he's he's he's, he's obviously clearly not fought the, the the caliber that Chris has fought. But then there is the, obviously the Chris Eubank coming down past one sixty. I don't think he's done that in his professional career. That three pounds, yeah. you know, as a fighter, is a lot of weight to lose if you've never done it before. Especially as an older fighter at thirty two, you don't ever come yeah, down in yeah. weight as you get older. You go up in weight. Yeah. But then yeah. he does have the experience. He does have the size. So being a Nigel Ben fan, you might be biased here, but can you pick a winner? Um, I can't. I can't pick a winner because, like you say, there's so many variables, variables, and um, and I mean, so when, when you look at actually Nigel Ben and Chris Eubank as fighters back in the day, Nigel Ben was a lot smaller than Chris Eubank naturally. Uh, Eubank used to boil himself down massively to get down to middleweight and super middleweight. Um, he ended up boxing at cruiserweight against Carl Thompson, mm-hmm. so um, so he was always then naturally a bigger fighter. So there's a lot of similarities in that in that sense as well in this fight. And um, you know, one question is I think, you know, Chris Eubank is has proven to have a good chin. Um George Groves, I know we got wobbled a little bit off Groves, but but Groves can really, really it. Mm. And um and you know, he did he did uh, he did well to hold on to them shots in that fight. Um but can he do it dropping going down that far in weight? Because he's well known fact that. You don't hold a shot the same when when you when you're weaker the weight. So, you know, there's there's all those questions to ask, and um, you know, hopefully we'll find the answers depending on uh, whether whether the rumours are true or not. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you see, there'll be a lot of kids, well, kids, grown men our age that were kids watching their their dads fight back in the day. That's that's the thing. But I, I I said when I heard that Ben Eubank name, that like you said, nostalgic feeling of like going back as a kid and watching it. I'll probably have my son on my lap watching this fight. So hopefully. 
it can right. live up to their their father's fights. And I think it will because they're both exciting fighters. They're not going to go. They're going to go out on their shield no matter what. So it's going to be intriguing. But Jamie, like, like I said, man, I've had you for half an hour and it's getting late on this uh, fine Tuesday evening. I do appreciate your time as always. And hopefully the next interview I speak to you, I've got a mic in my hand and a camera and it's face to face because these Zoom calls, I struggle with them. But yeah, of course, mate. Well, listen, I don't know if you're going to Abu Dhabi. We could do it over there. Eh? You might get get a little yeah. flight over there, eh? Yo, Coogan, you heard it here. If you need another guy over there, I'm coming. I think Coogan's covered it, but I might try and, I might try and squeeze myself over, so fingers crossed. Uh, Jamie, enjoy Abu Dhabi if I don't see you, and uh, good luck to Chantel and all the rest of the fighters, and I'll speak to you soon, mate. Cheers, Andy. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply